www.sonicmovie.net Idolfolk indeed said that Kalos conversed with the spirits of the grove and that his statues were but images of the fawns and dryads he met there. For he patterned his work after no living model. So famous were Kalos and Musides that none wondered when the tyrant of Syracuse sent to them deputies to speak of the costly statues of Tai Chi, which he had planned for his city. Of great size and cunning workmanship must the statue be, for it was to form a wonder of nations and a goal of travelers. Exalted beyond thought would be he whose work should gain acceptance, and for this honor Kalos and Musides were invited to compete. Their brotherly love was well known, and the crafty tyrant surmised that each, instead of concealing his work from the other, would offer aid and advice. This charity producing two images of unheard of beauty, the lovelier of which would eclipse even the dreams of poets. With joy, the sculptors hailed the tyrant's offer so that in the days that followed, their slaves heard the ceaseless blows of chisels. Not from each other did Kalos and Musides conceal their work, but the sight was for them alone. Saving theirs, no eyes beheld the two divine figures released by skillful blows from the rough blocks that had imprisoned them since the world began. At night, as of yore, Musides sought the banquet halls of Tegea, while Kalos wandered alone in the olive grove. But as time passed, men observed a want of gaiety in the once sparkling musides. It was strange. They said amongst themselves that depression should thus seize one with so great a chance to win art's loftiest reward. Many months passed, yet in the sour face of musides came nothing of the sharp expectancy which the situation should arouse. Then. One day Musides spoke of the illness of Kalos, after which none marveled again at his sadness, since the sculpture's attachment was known to be deep and sacred. Subsequently many went to visit Kalos and indeed noticed the pallor of his face, but there was about him a happy serenity which made his glance more magical than the glance of Musides, who was clearly distracted with anxiety and who pushed aside all the slaves in his eagerness to feed and wait upon his friend with his own hands. Hidden behind heavy curtains stood the two unfinished figures of Tai Chi, little touched of late by the sick man and his faithful attendant. As Kalos grew inexplicably weaker and weaker, despite the ministrations of puzzled physicians and of his assiduous friend, he desired to be carried off into the grove which he so loved. There he would ask to be left alone as if wishing to speak with unseen things. Musides ever granted his requests, though his eyes filled with visible tears at the thought that Kalos should care more for the fawns and the dryads than for him. At last the end drew near, and Kalos discoursed of things beyond this life. Musides weeping promised him a sepulchre more lovely than the true of mock solace, but Kalos bade him speak no more of marble glories. Only, only one wish now haunted the mind of the dying man, that twigs from certain olive trees in the grove be buried by his resting place close to his head. 
And one night sitting alone in the darkness of the olive grove, Kalos died. Beautiful beyond words was the marble sepulchre which stricken Musides carved for his beloved friend. None but Kalos himself could have fashioned such bas-reliefs wherein were displayed all the splendors of Elysium. Nor did Musides fail to bury close to Kalos' head the olive twigs from the grove. www.sonicmovie.net